When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Monday edition of The Yard. Trying to get it out there a little quicker today. Been a little busy this morning already. We have Joe Moorhead uh, today at 1230 after the bye week. Not, not a lot to recap, but a lot to certainly forecast as the Bulldogs prepare to play what should be a very motivated Alabama team after a uh, epic ball game this weekend. I mean, just an epic ball game and uh, we're going to get into some of that we're going to get into uh, what happened around Starkville over the weekend as uh, your men's and ladies basketball teams earn victories in much different fashions we're going to break that down kind of look ahead to the events of the week it's going to be a busy busy week on campus so I hope if you're in the area you'll come by and uh, and spend some time with us and enjoy pulling for the dogs a lot to talk about a lot to update a lot to feel good about uh, a lot that's happened in the league since we were together. I'd like to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company for allowing us to bring you the latest, greatest, and coolest information about the Mississippi State Bulldogs, Mississippi's premier athletics collegiate program. Bulldog Burger Company, the restaurant closest to campus in the Cotton District. So many great options to choose from, man. You can go in there. You can have the Kale State Salad. You can have uh, the Bulldog, which is, if you want a good straight, straight ahead restaurant quality hamburger the bulldog might be the way to go for you but if you want to walk on the wild side let me let me let me steer you in the right direction order the mission you might want to get the pico de gallo on the side maybe 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 you want to control the pico de gallo distribution if if not just you know get it as it comes but get the pimentology add bacon always get the spring rolls so many great things to choose from Think you'll enjoy your experiences there. Now with two locations to serve you: Bulldog Burger Company in Starkville on University and in Tupelo on Gloucester, the place where people go to meet. M E A T. I'm going to go there this week. Matter of fact, I will be there this week when I'm back in town. It's going to be a busy week for me again, and uh, but you're going to get your three boneyard shows. You're going to get your two Facebook live shows. I'm figuring all that out right now, but I will be <clears throat> I will be on the road this evening. And I'll be on the road tomorrow, and I'll be on the road Wednesday evening. Let me give you a quick uh, quick update there before before we get to, to wound up here. So uh, tomorrow, I will be in my hometown of Columbia, Mississippi. That's where I'm from. I was born in Canton. I grew up in Columbia. I am a proud Columbia High School Wildcat alum. Wore that blue and gold my whole life. Happy with the season they're having. But I will be there. Uh, two signings. On Tuesday, I'll be at 2nd Street Bean from 1130 to 1. That's in, on 2nd Street in Columbia, Mississippi. And then from 4 to 6, I'll be at the Marion County Regional Library. It's a library that I grew up going to and checking out books. And now I will have two books on the shelf, How Surreal is Life. On Wednesday, I will be in Jackson, Mississippi at Lemuria Books for a reading and signing. I want to thank John Evans and all those fine folks at Lemuria for being such a great friend to me over the years. 
So it's five o'clock. We'll, it'll start at five. We'll have uh, we'll have a signing, and then the reading will begin at five thirty, and then we'll sign books after that too. So if you're looking to uh, to buy buy books or come by and, and uh, talk about the book, you can do that. And then uh, Thursday's an off day, so we'll have Facebook live shows tonight, and then Thursday evening. That's on the uh, Bulldogs two four seven. Mississippi State Facebook page. If you haven't liked that page, please do. We only put our free content over there, so you can keep up to date with everything we're doing there. Give us a like. We'll like you. And then on Friday, I will be in um, Starkville. Get two two signings on that day. I will be uh, at Maroon & Co. for their birthday weekend from 2 to 4.30. From 2 to 4.30 at Maroon & Company. And that's right there by the Sausarito and Chick-fil-A and all that. If you've never been, come by and say hello. And then that evening, I will be from 5.30 to 9.30, I will be downtown at Bookmartin Cafe. And they're even going to have a wine tasting there. So if that's your thing, come by and come say hello. And then on Saturday, once I get done with postgame for Alabama, I'll probably be back downtown again signing books down there. So it's a busy week. Plenty of opportunities for you guys to see. And I'll share with you a couple things before we get into um, – <clears throat> to get into uh, recapping the weekend, uh, had, had a great week last week. We sold a ton of books, as you guys are aware. The Starkville once debuted uh, on the top ten best sour flips in Mississippi, despite the fact that it was only in a couple stores. And now it's been rolled out. I'm, I'm expecting to go to number one here in the next couple of weeks. Really excited about that. But more importantly, I get out and I have a chance to to meet you guys. And hear your stories and share some of my stories, and it's it's um it's an unbelievable deal. <clears throat> I, I'm a little under the weather today for some reason. I feel like I got a frog in my throat. Can't get sick this time of year. Uh, but there's been so many of you guys that have come up and been so kind because you you say you listen to the Boneyard sometimes multiple times. Uh, I am happy to be a positive voice in the Mississippi State uh, family. I do try to simply keep it real, but I don't believe in forecasting failure. That's not uh, that's not how I see things. But uh, I have met so many cool people, and I want to share a brief story with you. The uh, I had a, a lady come to the book sign, a little bit, uh, a little bit frazzled, a little bit anxious, and uh, she comes in. She buys the book, and it was really the last book that we sold that day. And she came in, and, and first she's like, "Hey, I need to you know to, to buy a book." And there was a line, there was some delay there, and uh, just you know, I, I wasn't sure what to make of it. And then she left, and she comes back, and. Uh, and I was able to speak with her, and she was upset. And uh, not not about the book or not about me or anything, but she was upset. And she shared with me that she actually grew up an Ole Miss fan, but had married into a Mississippi State family. And uh, she shared that her father-in-law, and I didn't get his name, I wish I would have. It's one of those moments now that I look back on, I'm, I'm going to pay better attention to this kind of stuff because I want to know. But she said her father-in-law played football for Mississippi State in the 1950s. And that he uh, he is in the, the, the later stages of life and uh, is dying. And she shared that at times that they uh, they like to read to him. And uh, they had heard about the book and decided they wanted to get him the book about Mississippi State. And uh, they wanted to read that book to him. And uh, I got a little misty guy thinking about that. You know, we got a former player in the, in, you know, about to die and uh, they wanted to read you know, the historical accounts that uh, we were able to put together for Stark Villains and I began to think about you know 
there are a lot of people out there whose stories will never get told. There are a lot of people that contributed to Mississippi State Athletics that their stories will be footnotes in our history at best. There are some people that simply won't get a mention in my book or any other book about Mississippi State that does not make their contributions to the Bruin and White any less significant. And as I thought about it later after I left, I was down the road and I said, you know what, I would go read to that guy myself. I would go read the book to him myself. Just because I am so incredibly appreciative of our student-athletes and those that came before us that laid the foundation for Mississippi State Athletics, for what we enjoy today, and whoever thought we would be in the position we are. Listen, we, we've, we've had a disappointing football season so far. It's true. We've got a chance to salvage something from it, but I think we're going to look back at this year in a similar way that we did last year and feel like, you know what, we've, we've kind of lost a little bit of ground here. And that's fair. But we had 13 teams go to the postseason last year, and I can only begin to imagine what many of our student-athletes of the 1940s and 50s probably felt, especially after the Alan McKean years ended. We didn't get to play a lot of postseason sports back in those days, but those people came and played for Mississippi State, and it meant just as much to them then as it does to us today. Probably a little bit more. I think sometimes we take all that for granted. And so when I meet these folks and I have a chance to hear their stories, it is so inspiring to me. I had a lady that, that came and met with me and uh, just kind of happened to meet her in Jackson, and she said that, uh, that her husband played for Mississippi State in the 1970s until he broke his neck, and that he loved Mississippi State as much as anything in his life. And again, I don't know that, uh, what his statistical contributions were to Mississippi State football, but this is a man that went out there and broke his neck for us. I wish I could give them all books. I wish I could. I really do. I, 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 wish, I wish I could tell their, everybody's story. Because it is that important to me. I have people that come to these book signings and and uh, they've already read the book or they've already read a few chapters and they just want to come by and just say thank you. And I can't really describe what that means to me. I wrote, it's just one of those things, I guess, that... Um, you know, when I wrote the book, I wanted I wanted to do something for us. These are our stories. It's my name on the book, but these are our stories. This is the story of our athletics program. And I can't wait to write the next one. I got some other stuff I got to take care of, but uh, I'm already beginning to get some, some stories. I'm already having some people contact me about, hey, I wish you'd have wrote about this. I wish you'd wrote about that. You know, And um, here is my outlook on that. As long as I have breath in a computer and somebody willing to publish the work, I'm going to continue to write the Mississippi State story because I think it's that important. I've shared many times. I don't think that our, our school's athletic history has been uh, treated fairly in Mississippi's liter- literary, literary history. Pardon me. But we're going, to do, we're going to correct that as best we can. I think that's one of the charges in my life is to do what we can to, to paint the big maroon picture and tell the Mississippi State story. So if you know other great stories, please contact me. I'm always looking for new ideas. There's a couple of things that I want to get in the next one, and it'll probably be a couple of years before we really get started on that. That doesn't mean that I won't conduct some interviews between now and then because we never know. We never know when some of our older bulldogs, or really any of us, could pass away. So if you've got, got great Mississippi State stories, reach out to me and let me know. If, you, if there's somebody in your family that's done something wild and crazy all in the name of the Maroon and White, let me know. 
Let's talk. You never know. I might end up in, in, in a book someday. It's a great time. It really is. If you can't make it to a book signing, and maybe I should do this too. I don't, a lot of people have asked about you know where to find the book. I've had so many people contact me. There's some new people that are carrying the book. Um, if you are in Meridian, I was there this past week. The, the new Mississippi State Coffee House down there, they're carrying both books. They're carrying Flim Flam and Stark Villains. If you're in Philadelphia, Mississippi, you can find Stark Villains at the Stripling Pharmacy in their gift shop. They've got it there. And, of course, in fine bookstores all over the state of Mississippi, and it's still rolling out. Still, They, they tell me they're getting new orders every day. And so, uh, But it, you can always find it at StarkVillainsTheBook.com. So let's get into a couple other things here. Let's let's look back at the weekend in football. Uh, obviously, Mississippi State did not play over the weekend. Were able to kind of rest and recharge. The LSU-Alabama game, an absolute instant classic. I didn't get to see the whole thing live because uh, uh, Robbie and I were covering the women's game. But um, saw the exciting ending, I guess, the, the most of the second half. Went back and watched the replay. What an, What an amazing ball game what an amazing game I, I'll be honest with you I expected Alabama to win I, I and Alabama showed some fight there down the stretch they're, I mean they're not going to go down quietly I'm not sure that I expected Joe Burrow to play as well as he did I don't know at this point if there is if the Heisman race is even close nobody's done what he's done not just from a statistical standpoint but look at the teams he's done it against they have you know, they're, they're getting ready to play the week or end of their schedule, they get Ole Miss and they get Arkansas and then they get A&M and A&M's will be a bowl team. But, you know, they're really getting a chance now to rack up some yards. They have put up some big numbers against some marquee teams. I mean, Auburn was a top 10 team. Alabama a top 10 team. They, they go out there and just shred Texas. I don't know how you can't say, oh, she's not the best team in the country. I know some people are saying, well, you know, Ohio State, and that's fair. Ohio State looks dominant, but Ohio State hadn't played the schedule LSU has. You know, back in the in the early the early weeks of the season, we we talked about on the show this LSU offense is scary, absolutely scary. Their defense is not elite. I think the numbers kind of show that. They've got some athletes in the secondary that can match up, but uh, they're not the dominant LSU defenses of old. But they haven't had to be. And they're 9-0 and now, and they're not going to play a team the rest of the way that I think is capable of beating them. I think the only team that will really challenge them is, is A&M. And a lot of people have said, well, you know, Steve, you know, playing Ole Miss this weekend could be a bit of a letdown. If Ed Orgeron wasn't the coach, I, I might agree. Ed Orgeron has got it bad for Ole Miss. Not to mention, I think LSU is playing for style points now. I just don't think Ole Miss matches up well at all. At all. At all. LSU jumped on Alabama early, 10-7. And then that second quarter, you talk about managing the end of the half. LSU puts up 14 points in, what, under five minutes? I mean, just a nightmare. It's a comedy of errors for Alabama closing out the half and it really felt like the game was over at that point it's 33 to 13 at the half Alabama makes some adjustments third quarters a little little more in their favor but they were so far behind at that point you begin to think okay this thing is over 
But when the game was on the line and Alabama had all the momentum, and you think, okay, here it comes. Here it comes. The SEC office is going to hit that Buffalo Wild Wings button. They're going to find a way to, you know, LSU will fumble or there'll be some phantom holding call or something to derail a drive. But Joe Burrow won the game. LSU goes out, makes a play to win the game. They didn't just wait for Alabama to give it to them. Dan Mullen, I'm talking, looking right at you, Big Daddy. They went out and made the place to win the ball game. And that's one of the things that's so impressive to me about this LSU team. There's been some times that Les Miles was there that they played a little bit close to the vest. They were so worried about making a mistake. That's just not the case now. LSU has some killer instinct. You go into Tuscaloosa and you put 46 points on Nick Saban and that defense. And listen, it's not the elite defense that it was. But it's still one of the best things going in the game. 46 points. That was my. I, I really thought LSU would struggle to score with Alabama. I felt Alabama would probably get into the, you know, 30s. I did, never thought that LSU would put up 46. And that's one of the best things about sports. You know what I'm saying? It's like when something like this happens, especially when we don't really have a rooting interest. And I don't know many Bulldog fans are rooting against Alabama. It's almost like rooting against Alabama is kind of like, you know, rooting against the establishment. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, it's, it's just one of those wild things that uh, they've become the New York Yankees in many respects. You root against them. It's hard to you know really consider LSU an underdog because of their, their history, but uh, I don't think a lot of people, including myself, expected LSU to be anywhere close to what they've been this year. Uh, but, yeah, an, ep- an epic ball game. Uh, to a 21 of 40 with four touchdowns, 418 yards, and an interception. Big play stuff, man. Big play. Accuracy wasn't there. LSU secondary gave him some trouble. But look at what Joe Burrow did. He's got to be the National Player of the Week. 31 of 39, 393 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and then he runs for 64 yards. And that 19-yard run late was an absolute backbreaker for Alabama. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, longtime family friend of ours, known Clyde since he was little bitty, probably before he was even playing football. 20 carries, 103 yards, three touchdowns. The touchdown late to put that game away. Uh, I'll be honest with you. There were a lot of people at my house that were pretty excited about that. Big fan. He's our favorite Tiger, for sure, in our, in our family. Known that kid a long time. Really, really happy for him. Was hopeful he would come to Mississippi State. People forget that, uh, that LSU committed him early and then told them they wouldn't take other running backs. And then they continued to pursue other running backs, and then Mississippi State kind of got in the mix there. Mississippi State was very much in the mix, and then LSU kind of struck out on some other backs and said, okay, listen, we're not going to sign anybody else. And so that settled things. And Clyde's not a big guy, but I'll tell you, he runs big, he plays big, he comes up big in big moments. Biggest win LSU's had in a long, long time. A long time. And if you thought Ed Orgeron was going to be the guy to lead him there, uh, raise your hand. I don't think there are a lot of hands raised right now. It's incredible to see what's happened. It's why we play the games, right? A lot of people are saying, well, you know what, Alabama will come in here and destroy Mississippi State. You know, that may be true. That might be true. Don't know how healthy two is going to be. You know Alabama's got to win the game and try to stay in the playoff race. We'll get their full attention. But no matter what you say, no matter what you do, there is a bit of a letdown. 
after a loss like that. And yeah, they've, well, people say, well, they, they may be angry. But they're not going to be any more or less talented than they are. It is what it is. Let's just line up and see what happens. Other games in the league over the weekend, Western Kentucky absolutely destroys Arkansas. One of the things that I keep hearing, and, I, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't, I don't care that K.J. Jefferson may not know but about 10 plays. I would have started him in the ball game, And that is probably a decision that Chad Morris will uh, you know, have to live with the rest of his life now, the rest of his career. I think if you had started him, even if you lose the ball game, it shows, you know, what we're playing for next year. We're trying to get this guy some experience. We're, we're going to be able to preserve his red shirt, but we're going to give him a chance to get some real-time reps and then to kind of get our fans reengaged. I mean, one of the biggest ovations that, that happened in Fayetteville when we were there is when KJ took the field, and, of course, he goes down four plays, and they're in the end zone. Now, I don't care if you've got to run the same five or six plays the whole night. Do something. But you can't do what Chad Morris did and expect to keep a job. So Chad Morris runs Ty Story out of town. Didn't think they could win with Ty Story. They go out and sign Nick Starkle from A&M and go get Hicks from SMU. And that's the bigger issue right there. Is Chad Morris got his guy. The guy that was supposed to be his quarterback at SMU. The guy that knew his scheme. A guy that knew his way of doing things, and they knew him. And you bring in two grad transfers, your guy and an SEC Western guy, and then the kid you run off comes back into Fayetteville and just absolutely destroys your team. That game was over midway through the second quarter. That's one of the things that's so amazing to me. It's like, and 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 one. Let me let me say this too. Mississippi State folks. There are some people that say, well, you know, you know, that says a lot about our win. No, it says nothing about our win. It says absolutely nothing about our win. Our win still counts as a one in the win column. Absolutely nothing. It's so it's like it's like we have to I don't understand why why do we constantly have to diminish the accomplishments? We went on the road and demolished an opponent, which is what a good team should do. And when, when we are healthy, we are a good team. When we have all our suspended players available, we are a good team. We did what a good team should do to a bad team, even on the road. We went over there and put up 54 points. But for some reason, we got some fans who feel like they need to apologize or explain that away. Like, they're, they're, they're so afraid that some of their Ole Miss fans are going to think they're homers. Who cares, man? Western Kentucky went in there, 6-4 and four team laid it on Arkansas. Arkansas has quit. We all we see it. We all know it. They've quit. They played pretty well at times this year, despite the fact their record doesn't show it. They hung in there with Alabama for a while. Probably should have beat Texas A&M. And if, if, if you recall, that's before we got ready to go play Arkansas, you know, people were like, oh, some, some, it's that same segment of the fan base. And listen, we need every fan we can get. My sister Reagan, I talked to her about that yesterday. We, we need every fan we can get. Even the bandwagoners, we still need them. But, uh, you know, after Arkansas, Arkansas loses to A&M in Dallas, 31-27. They lose to Kentucky, 24-20. And they hung in there with Alabama for a while and finally gave loose. But they got beaten back-to-back weeks, and people were thinking, well, you know, Steve, you know, Arkansas lost, you know, a 
couple bad games and t- top ten opponents, but before that they were playing really well. They they might beat us. I was I was more worried about losing than I was expecting us to lose. I expect us to go win the ball game, but I thought it would be close. But like, so the same people that are saying now, hey, we you know, we didn't accomplish anything by beating Arkansas, were the same people that said we probably lose to Arkansas. You know what I'm saying? It's just like that. That I mean, it never. It, the, the sun is never shining in in their life. I tweeted out kind of in, in a joking manner. I said, uh, beginning to wonder if Chad Morris will survive the weekend, and he didn't. He didn't survive the weekend, and I don't know how you walk away from that feeling like you know what you can keep your job. And the thing that Arkansas people were telling us last weekend, we were down there, is it's like nine point eight million dollars to fire him. How does that happen? You know, how does a university get on the hook that bad for an unproven coach? It just goes to show you that agents kind of rule the world. Chad Morris never won an SEC game, and he's got enough money now to uh, to never have to work a day in his life, and his descendants don't have to work a day in their lives if he manages his money right. That is ridiculous, man. It's good work if you can get it. Go up there and be a bad football team. They've won two, what, four games in two years? What is he, 4-18? and 4-18? and 0-14 oh, in the league? Is that right? And they're about to be 0-16? It's incredible. But that's the storyline. And there are other people that say, well, you know, they, they fired Willie Taggart after two years. They fired uh, Chad Morris after two years. Let me, let, me, let me frame this up for you as best I can. If you think that Mississippi State is anywhere near what Arkansas has been the last two years, you're, you're being willfully ignorant and willfully miserable. That Arkansas dumpster fire is so incredibly hot, Mississippi State is nowhere near that. And it's just one of those things, too. It's like, well, you know, Steve, you know, we didn't beat anybody. We went down there. Our Arkansas was. That's the worst SEC team I've ever seen. And then you want to sit here and try to use the fact that Chad Morris was fired in two years as some way to kind of justify the talking point about Joe Moorhead. Mississippi State and Arkansas are nowhere near each other, except geographically. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. All right, so uh, Dan Mullen and, and Florida absolutely paced Vanderbilt, and I think Derek Mason is probably on on watch. I, I think you know now that, now that Arkansas has made the plunge, I think Derek Mason, and granted, uh, Derek Mason probably. Uh, yeah, they're they're two and seven right now. There's no chance, and uh, they're making a bowl game now. May not be much of a chance for them to win a bowl game the rest of the year, unless they get East Tennessee. Jamal Couch might go over there and have his revenge. Kentucky is going to be at Vanderbilt this weekend. That's probably Kentucky, East Tennessee at Vanderbilt. And at this point, I don't know what to expect from Vanderbilt and Vanderbilt to Tennessee. Um, you know, best case scenario for tenant for Vanderbilt is uh, three and nine. I think three and nine probably gets you fired if you're Derek Mason. I think it's probably time for them to move on. So you begin to think, okay, well, who who will you get? There's a lot of discussion about Ole Miss defensive quarter Mike McIntyre being a potential candidate for that job. Dan Mullen in, in Florida did what Florida should do against Vanderbilt, 56 to nothing, really bounced back strong after that Georgia game. Interesting to see what's next, you know, for Florida. You know, they, they contend that they're still in it. 
and they could be because what you know the, the issue with that is is that uh, Florida's going to need a lot of help from Georgia's opponents and even if Auburn's able to beat Georgia Georgia's got to find another way to trip up and lose another one and I just don't know that's going to happen just don't know if that's going to happen Florida however two games left at Missouri and I, listen and that's probably going to be a cold cold ball game even though it's 11 a, uh, 11 a.m at Missouri on the turf it's a different deal down there man it's a different deal and then of course FSU at Florida so Dan Mullen and the Gators could go 10 and 2 this year and probably be in a New Year's Six game again I don't think that they're going to uh, to catch Georgia Georgia's 8 and 1 overall and 5 and 1 in a conference with two uh, two conference games left of course they still got the Georgia Tech game at the end of the year I just don't know if they can catch them. Georgia will be at Auburn this weekend. Then they host A&M and go to Georgia Tech. I, I, at Georgia, yeah, let's say Georgia does lose to Auburn. I just can't see Georgia losing between the hedges of the Aggies. I just don't see it. Dan Mellon and them playing with some reckless abandon. I just don't know that it uh, it's going to make much difference. Uh, Ole Miss knocks off New Mexico State 41-3. to not a big uh, surprise there. It took a little while for them to get going, but you know Ole Miss ought to be able to go out there and run about eight or nine plays offensively and just be able to out-athlete a team like New Mexico State, who is 0-9 on the season. It was a bit of a tussle, I guess, for a quarter. I think it was 10 nothing after the first quarter, and um, New Mexico State's hung in there and got a uh, got a field goal. And again, this will continue to kind of feed the false narrative about how much better the Ole Miss defense is. That they're they're just an average defense. Last year they were putrid, to borrow a phrase. They're not an elite defense. Uh, John Rice Plumby, eleven of seventeen in the ball game for 124 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Matt Corral comes in, um, two attempts, two completions, a couple big passes there. If I'm Matt Corral, I'm probably making a move. Probably making transfer. He just doesn't fit their scheme. I think if, if you're Matt Corral, maybe you're kind of hoping for a coaching change because you don't fit this offensive scheme. Plumlee runs for 177 yards. Uh, Snoop Connor goes for 109. Ailey for 71. Tywin Knight for 33. Isaiah Wooler for 24. They really, really, really spread the ball around. Really spread it around. Got a lot of guys some carries. Kind of spread out. You know, kind of, you know, and that's good. You carry the, you share, spread the workload around. You, you, you spread around the, uh, the wear and tear on the team. So we'll see. No Scotty Phillips either. It's two years in a row. He's kind of worn down during the season. Ole Miss still pretty one-dimensional offensively. But this past weekend, they didn't, they didn't have to be. Just line up and run the football. You don't have to do anything cute. They did what they should have done. Uh, Missouri, you know, they, they, they lose that ball game at Georgia kind of in pretty bad fashion. You know, Mizzou gets shut out in the ball game. I watched them in that ball game. It never really felt like Georgia was threatened. Georgia looked to be the better team by a substantial margin. I just don't. I think this this weekend's going to be very very interesting between them and Auburn. Auburn gets the benefit of that bye week. I could see Gus kind of lying in the weeds there, and with this opening at Arkansas, it makes you wonder if uh, if Gus isn't going to be able to to kind of you know parlay that into a big extension for himself. Gus always seems to coach his best when his back's against the wall. He's done a good job this year. 
Georgia. That's just the game this weekend. If you're gonna play, if you're gonna if you're gonna really be in the mix and make a push, you got to win this week. App State goes into Columbia and beats South Carolina. I told you guys I thought this would be a really good ball game. I, I thought that, that Carolina would find a way. They didn't. When you begin to look at this South Carolina thing, you know that they they're so heckle and jekyll. It's like you beat Georgia. You beat Kentucky, a team you hadn't beaten in a long time. And now here you are, four and six, and you've still got Clemson to go. There's no way South Carolina's going to make a ball game. So in a year where South Carolina ends the losing streak to Kentucky and a year that they go into Athens and upsets, upset Georgia, they're going to miss a bowl game. That's the stuff that just drives you bananas. How do you go out there and you beat ranked teams like that and, and go go in go there and, and really play well at times against Alabama? And then you get shelled. And games like this that that, that there should be no brainers. You know, one could make an argument that South Carolina probably should have beat Florida. And then you go out the next week and you get beat by you know twenty points to Tennessee. Then you lose to App State. I mean, come on, Will. I don't know if they make a change this year, but you know, I, I think you can begin to see that you know this is not going to this is not going to end well long term for them. And yeah, they've had some injuries. You know, Jake Bentley got hurt this year. But the way that they have recruited, you would like to think that they could probably schedule a ball game. And you know, looking back at that that big loss early in the season to North Carolina, that's going to haunt them. Because I don't think there's any way now, there's any conceivable way that they can make a bowl game. On the road at Kyle Field and then at home against Clemson. Just don't see it happening. And then finally, Tennessee beats Kentucky. Mississippi State turned Tennessee season around. (laughs) There's no doubt about it. We go up there, should have won that game handily, didn't play well, sleptwalk through the ball game. We lose. They're now 5-5 with a trip to Missouri and a home game against Vanderbilt. They'll need one of those two to be bowl eligible. I think at this point you got to feel pretty good because Vanderbilt's so anemic offensively, you got to feel like you know what they're going to get in. They're going to get in really on the benefit of the ball game and beat Mississippi State. A game, that, a game that Mississippi State on paper should have been able to go in there and win. And you got to give Jeremy Pruitt credit. They've won, what, four or five now? I think that's right, four or five. Beat State, lose to Alabama, beat South Carolina, beat UAB, beat Kentucky. They beat four out of five. Everything has kind of turned around ever ever since that game when they beat Mississippi State. It all that was a turning point in their season. Absolute turning point in their season. They're going to find a way to get to a bowl game now. It's incredible how it all works out. So again, we didn't play football this weekend, but we did play some basketball. But before I get to that, let me thank our good friends at Campus Bookmart. Stan the man, Stan Ray, always happy to, to, to greet you when you go into Campus Bookmart. Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, and some of you stopped by the Campus Bookmart booth at uh, Mistletoe Marketplace and uh, asked to meet the lovely, talented Susie. And let me tell you, uh, it made her day, and I'm sure it made your day as well. Absolutely love her and that whole crew there. They will treat you like family because you are family. And if you can't make it to town, you can't come in and see their smiling faces. You can visit them on the World Wide Web 
at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That's BSR. That promo code is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That's easy to remember. Use that BSR to get you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. They've got everything you need right there. Mom, I'm telling you, everybody in the family wants new Mississippi State gear for Christmas. Everybody does. And chances are we're going to be going to that ball game, right, guys? And so we're going to need the new hoodies. We're going to need all that, Mom. So go ahead and get that for Christmas on behalf of your husband and your children and even yourself. Go ahead and get the maroon and white merchandise at Campus Bookmark. So we uh, we had the wild game Friday night. I, I missed that. And uh, I wish that I would not have. I still plan to watch some of that on the re- on the uh, app if I still can go back and watch that replay. Mississippi State, absolutely awful through much of this ball game, but simply found a way to win the game. And these are the kind of wins you look back in hindsight and say, you know what, Steve, Sam Houston State's a good team. They're, they shouldn't have been good enough to come in here and have a double-digit lead multiple times in Humphrey Coliseum. But they did. And State still found a way to win the ball game. Closed the game on what a 17 nothing run. I gave up on the game. I was at dinner with the good folks at Campus Bookmart. And uh, gave up on it. Next thing you know, Miss Kathy Brown says, hey, we won. I'm like, no, no there's no way. No, we, we did. And so I get on there and I'm reading about this amazing comeback. But these are the kind of wins you look back and say, you know what? Hey, guys, listen, we were up against it. And we found a way to win the ball game, despite the fact that we were down double digits multiple times. We found a way to win, and of course, there's the you know the big dunk at the end, and, and everybody goes nuts and they're upset, you know, about Reggie Perry with the emphatic dunk at the buzzer. And uh, Ben Howen said, "You know, listen, Reggie thought we were up eight, and he's trying to get to ten because that helps in the net, it helps the the resume." But uh, but here's the deal: State won the ball game, and I think you learned something from that. And listen, one. one until we get Nick Witherspoon back, these teams that can really expose our inexperience at the guard positions are going to give us some trouble. There are some teams that we're going to play. They're going to be a little post-heavy, and I think we match up pretty well down there. But these teams that really get out and they're high-pressure uh, you know, teams that, that make you handle the basketball, Tyson Carter is a shooting guard. He is doing the best he can. But he is a guy that's going to score a lot of points, but uh, he's going to have some turnovers. Even though he cut it down a little bit this this past week, only just the four turnovers. We had several others. 23 turnovers in a ball game. Most of those in the first half. But these teams that get out and press, you know, it's going to be a good experience for us. And when Nick comes back, I think we're going to be better for this in the long run. Eight more games, Nick Wetterspoon's back. Looking at the numbers here, Reggie Perry uh, with 14 points. Uh, and then puts the, uh, 14 rebounds, pardon me, and 10 points, a double-double for him. And I, and I read something recently. Somebody said, hey, hey, Reggie Perry hadn't matched the hype. Guys, we're two games into the season. Are you kidding me? We're two games in. Relax. Relax. Who needs Rebels? My goodness. Abdul Adu played big minutes, did not fill up the box score, but uh, six big rebounds. Did have the one turnover and five blocks, and I tell you that that's that's where Abdul is in this whole deal. Is he is a guy that'll alter shots and block shots and can rebound for you. He's never going to be that great offensive threat. He's going to be a putback guy. It's never going to be something that we run a bunch of offense through him, and nor should we. 
Iverson Molinar takes a bit of a step back this week. Just the two points, three personal fouls. Did have five assists, but also five turnovers. That's what you expect. With the freshman, there's going to be some inconsistency. They're going to be up and down. Just 18 minutes of action for him. Robert Woodard, good game for Robert. Ten points, five rebounds, three turnovers, and and, and a steal there. Uh, and, and he made the three-point basket. And that's one of the things that he adds, an element that he adds. If you leave him alone out there, he'll hurt you. He's only going to get better as the season goes along. I, I think Robert Woodard's a pro. I think he's going to be one of those guys who think to be a face of our program. And we mentioned Tyson Carter having a big ball game. 9 of 14 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, 7 of 9 from the free throw line. Just the one rebound, but 28 points, two personal fouls, six assists, four turnovers, one steal and nearly played the entire ball game. 39 minutes and 34 seconds, uh, which led all players. And that's the thing that I worry about with him is just, you know, fatigue. You know, it's just one of those things over the course of a season with as many minutes as he's having to play, you know, what, what does that do to his legs? And so that, that's that's on the strength and condition staff. Keyshawn Frizzell comes in again. Uh, a, again, a good blue-collar type effort from him. Uh, not a lot of points. Not a lot of points for him, just about one basket. But he pulls down nine rebounds, eight on the defensive end, and has an assist and the one turnover. And, again, if you're going to get you know eight, nine, ten rebounds a game from that guy coming in as a reserve, I think you could take that. I don't know that you can run a lot of offense through him, but he's the guy that's going to get out there and be an effort guy. DJ Stewart with probably his best game in a uniform so far, five of nine from the field, four of six from free throw line, just the one rebound, but 15 points. Once they'd had to have them, had to have them. A couple turnovers, which is better for him. And then the one steal. And then Prince Aduro gets a couple minutes. You know, he hadn't played a whole lot, and Ben Howen shared with us that he needs to get more minutes. But I think in this particular matchup, probably not the way to go. State trailed by seven at the break, and then outscored Sam Houston State by 16 in the second half to win the game, 67-58. Bench scoring was even at 17. That's a pretty, pretty interesting statistic there. Sam Houston's biggest lead in the game was 18. And then, of course, MSU's biggest lead was the final with nine. Sam Houston State led the game <laughs> 31 minutes. 31 minutes. That's why you played a full 40. Mississippi State women were in action and uh, really and got a chance to see the second half of this one. I, I really, really was impressed with Jessica Carter. Uh, Jessica Carter has kind of reinvented herself. You know, I think people forget the job that Johnny Harris did with Tierra McCowan. You know, everybody remembers, you know, the, uh, the, the menacing Tierra McCowan who was so confident, uh, who had become an offensive threat and just a defensive, you know, wonder kind but people forget when she got here I mean she could barely run the floor consistently she'd only get a few minutes she fouled a lot they had to get her in a strength and conditioning program had to change her body a little bit she used to kind of slump you know it's almost like she was so used to being big and and uh you know she she played small sometimes I, I see Jessica Carter kind of you know maybe starting at a much higher point in her development than Tierra McCowan did. Tierra McCowan was, was huge and had a lot of raw materials, but she was very much a project. I think Jessica Carter showed up a little more polished than Tierra. And you look at how she's playing right now, and you begin to think, okay, 
You, you look how she has committed herself to physical fitness. You look at and see how she rebounds with the intensity that she does. She is not the shot blocker that Tierra uh, was or is yet. But I think you can begin to see what she can be in a couple more years, and I think you can feel good about where things are going. Mississippi State struggled a little bit in this ballgame against Southern Miss. Southern Miss right there after one quarter. <clears throat> even had a lead in the second quarter. And State takes over. The last five minutes of the second quarter, State takes over, stretches this thing out. But you look at Jessica Carter, uh, nine rebounds and uh, 12 points and played 25 minutes. And you begin to think, okay, what what would she have done over the course of a full game had she played? She didn't have to because State uh, kind of stretched the lead out a little bit and you're able to get some minutes for some other players. But Jessica was outstanding, 24 minutes of action, and she was very, very efficient in her work. Three blocks, one steal, just a couple personal fouls. And how big is that to have a five-player that can play defense without fouling? Rakia Jackson didn't fill up the, the, the scoring column, and that's going to be okay. We know what we got with her. She's going to be a great player, just uh, four rebounds and two points. But watching her move out there, you can see that she's got a pretty good basketball IQ. It's just, it's just going to be a matter of time for her. Chloe Bibby, the star on uh, Saturday, five of five of seven, two of three from the three-point line, four of four from the free-throw line, six rebounds, 16 points to lead uh, the Mississippi State side of things, one assist, no turnovers. And uh, she pointed that out to, uh, to, to, to Coach Fick Schaefer in postgame. He's going down her, her stat line, and she pointed out no turnovers. She was obviously very proud of that. Uh, Maya Taylor starts and uh, has a really good day from the floor. Just a couple of shots, makes them both, all four free throws, gets a couple of rebounds, scores 14 points, the one assist, two turnovers, and three steals. And that's just in 14 minutes of action, folks. (laughs) Think about that for a second. 14 points in just 14 minutes of action. Part 18 minutes of action, excuse me. Uh, Jordan Danbury just had the 14 minutes to do some foul trouble. An even better day from the floor. Five for five from the floor, four and four from the line, a couple rebounds, 14 points. Uh, yeah, I, I got my stat line wrong. Maya just had eight points there. Uh, but still, perfect from the floor for both of them. <coughs> my apologies. I thought I had hit the cough button there. Uh, but all the way up and down the list, you look at this and say, man, you know, Steve, they scored all these points, scored 91 points, and you got – two points out of Rakia Jackson, and you got no offensive production from uh, Espinosa Hunter in 13 minutes of action. And you still won handily. You still put up 91 points. Got deep, deep, deep into the bench. Jemiah Mingo Young, uh, 14 points for her. Big, big game for her. 16 minutes of action. And so we're kind of getting to know some of these other players. We're kind of getting to know what to expect with these newcomers, including including Promise Taylor, who is still not 100%. She still gets a couple of baskets. And a matter of fact, had the go-ahead basket, I think at 27-26 on a putback that, that gave State a lead they never relinquished. But the pieces are there for this team to be very, very good. I thought our defensive effort was very good later in the ballgame when it was closing time. State did what they needed to do. Uh, again, State with a three-point lead after one quarter and then – the second quarter is when State really began to kind of pull away. 27-13 quarter, 
it just kind of felt like the game was over then. And then State removed all doubt in the third quarter with a 27-10 quarter. And Southern Miss wins the fourth quarter with a 16-15 score. And, you know, I, I thought uh, Joy Lee said it best. Listen, they understand they're not on Mississippi State's level. They started strong. They finished strong. Uh, and, listen, Southern Miss is going to do some good things in their league, and, and we absolutely wish them the best. But uh, the women back in action tonight against Tennessee Martin, I know many of you will uh, will have the opportunity to come out and be a part of that, and we, uh, we encourage you to do so. It's going to be one of those seasons, I think, that we're going to just simply get better as the year goes along. Defensively, we're not where we need to be yet on the women's side. On the men's side, from ball handling standpoint, we're not where we need to be. That's why you played a non-conference schedule. And, uh, you know, we, we continue our Nick Weatherspoon watch, eight more games to go, and then he will be back. And then that will officially be behind us. Two more ball games on the football side, and that will officially be behind us, at least from a suspension standpoint. We'll still have to contend with the probation and, and the issues that go along with that. But um, that portion of it, of us having to be, you know, without players, will be over. Uh, Mississippi State will host Louisiana Monroe on Thursday in men's basketball. That's the next time that uh, the men will be in action. So if you have an opportunity to come out and be a part of that, come on out here and, uh, and join us at Humphrey Coliseum. Well, folks, it's going to do it for today. Looking forward to being back with you on Wednesday, and we'll begin to discuss you know, kind of what's, what's happened and what we've learned uh, in, you know, in, in the midweek press conferences and all the things that go with it. Joe Moorhead will speak today, and uh, we'll have full coverage of that on jeanspage.com, the Mississippi State affiliate for 247 Sports. And uh, hopefully we'll get some idea of who's going to be starting at quarterback. I fully expect it to be Tommy Stevens. You know, but Jim Moorhead might be a little coy with that today. You know, back when there was an opportunity for Garrett and Tommy both to play, you know, Coach never really announced until game time just because I think he wanted to give the opponents, uh, you know, something else to think about because it is a little different. It is simply a little different because of the fact that when Tommy plays – you know, the full component of the playbook is available to you. With Garrett, he, you know, he's still learning. And so you're a little more limited in what your play calling is. But also, too, I think from a strength standpoint, Garrett Schrader is the stronger runner, even though Tommy did some really big things against Arkansas. But uh, if Coach doesn't announce a starter today, I won't be surprised at all. I, I think that he will probably say, hey, we'll see how the week of practice goes just to kind of keep Alabama guessing. But at the end of the day is I don't think it really changes much with Alabama. I think they'll come in ready to play. And I, th- I think maybe the bigger question is, is who's going to start at Alabama? You know, is this two a play or not? You know, I think they'll, they'll probably get him ready to go. The way that he was limping in the postgame, uh, you know, I could see them probably trying to limit some of the things they do with him offensively. But either way, Alabama's coming to town. It will not be an easy task for Mississippi State. Uh, but I do believe if, if Tua is uh, somewhat limited against a Bob Shoup defense, because Bob Shoup is going to hit the quarterback. You remember all the crying last year after Cam Dantzler uh, hit Tua and they tried to say he went to the knees, which is completely false. But we are going to hit the quarterback. We are going to bring the heat, and especially when you've got a quarterback there that is somewhat limited mobility-wise, we're going to bring blitz. We're going to bring Brian Cole. We're going to get out there and try to make plays. We're going to try to turn the quarterback over. So that's something to consider. We'll talk more about that on Wednesday. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. 
Saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money. 